Welcome into the e-commerce source podcast. My name is Parker Harrington, and I'm joined by a host of good friends here. I'm joined by Andy Solhoff. Andy, how are you? Doing good, Parker. What's going on today? Things are good. Things are good. We've also got Tim McDougall in the house. Hey there. Just just trying to keep the world from ending before we get to the shipping cutoff uh, for Christmas. So that's that's the focus Ooh. right now. Yeah, so it is December holiday time, Q4 for us here. And Tim, do you want to let us in on what we're going to be covering today? Yeah, sure. So first, um, we should say that the Ecomasaurus podcast is a podcast for small and medium-sized brand owners who are working to grow their e-commerce sales channels. So that's, and we all work for an agency, 50 Pound Boson, that uh, does just that for companies. But Ecomasaurus is our weekly podcast. It comes out each week, either Monday or Tuesday. Our topic for today and we love doing this one, is bold predictions for 2024. Our whole team contributed. We have a big, long notes document in front of us that has a ton of crazy predictions for 2024. Um, and we're going to jump into those in a minute here. The first things we should cover, though, are if you haven't, uh, if you didn't listen to our most recent podcast, uh, this is episode 65. Episode 64 last week was our recap of November e-commerce news. Um, the big news there, I think Parker, your recap of that was it's, if you're an advertising platform, it's not a good idea to tell advertisers to go F themselves. I think that was your summary of, of last week's November recap. Avoid it the best you can. Avoid it the best you can and realize that, um, if you're using Google Pmax, that your products might be appearing on porn sites, even if you don't know it, that was one of the other fun things that we learned in November. And the episode before that episode 63, two weeks ago was we had a great conversation with Jonathan and Avita Kunky of Honeydew Sleep Company, and we just loved how obsessive they are around product quality, how they created 100 different versions of their best pillow before they launched the company and started Honeydew Sleep Company. So they were, it's a great conversation if you're starting a business, just the importance of being obsessive about product quality. Next episode, next week, uh, we're going to talk about changes to Amazon fulfillment and inventory costs that were announced earlier this week. There was a big announcement that came out Tuesday, and this we'll do a quick quick news segment here of breaking news. So we're recording this on a Friday. On Tuesday, Amazon announced a whole ton of changes. Um, what, what, Parker, what was the reaction on the Amazon seller forums and Reddit to all these changes that happened um, that Amazon announced? They took it calmly and, and you know, in, intellectually and kind of just slowly broke it down from a from a kind of a pure objective standpoint, right? I can tell you there were no smiley faces included. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of all caps, a lot of thumbs down, <laughs> some swear words here and there. Uh, it was yeah, a shit show. Amazon right? active as always. It was yeah. a shit show on the forums and and in Reddit uh, and everywhere people talk about this. So to go through it real quick, we're going to highlight what. Is just the quick outline of things that change, but we're going to have a whole episode next week to break it all down and talk about um, how we think it's really going to impact your business because there's a ton of things moving around on this and then what things you need to be doing to uh, get your business set up so you can get through this the best you can and, and maybe make it work in your favor. But the changes that are happening are there is now, uh, the biggest one that first created the stir was Amazon's now going to penalize you by charging a Per, per unit fee if your inventory is habitually low. Like if you're habitually below 28 days, you're going to get charged a fee. Um, they're also going to start charging a fee for all inbound units. So if you send in 100 units, each one of those is going to have a fee attached to it. 
to make up for some of that, they're going to reduce their outbound fulfillment fees of when you send to a customer. So there's kind of a yin and a yang there. The net is you're still going to lose in the net. You're still going to pay a little bit more. Um, there's also uh, Amazon's incenting you when you ship in to ship to multiple different fulfillment centers instead of just a one by giving you a discount on all these inbound fees. So there's a way possibly where you can actually win if you get enough discounts and send to enough different uh, fulfillment centers. Um, there's They're also pushing the ship in product packaging program, which if your product doesn't need outer box shipping, they're going to give you a big discount on what it takes to ship it out. They're really going to incent that. So we will probably be working with some of our partners to redesign packaging so it fits this program because it's going to move up their margins if we can do that. Um, they're going to reduce non-peak storage fees um, because they're charging so many other areas for inventory on this. And they're going to expand the number of products that uh, there's, if you're in apparel, you've probably got hit with uh, return fees on products or other, other categories have got hit a little bit as well. But apparel especially was getting hit by this last year. And they're going to expand the number of products where the return fee applies to. So there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Um, there's a lot of doom and gloom out there for it. Um, and we'll, we're, we're busy breaking it down right now, but we'll break the whole thing down next week on episode 66. But for this week's show, let's jump into our bold predictions for 2024. We did this last December. We want to do this again. Um, and again, we also, as we say, Shelby is our producer for this episode. So we also have Shelby in the room. Shelby doesn't have a mic. She's requested no mic this time, but we'll probably ask her questions anyways. Um, but she's taking care of things from that end. Parker, let's start with you. Um, what's the first bold prediction for 2024? And we'll just kind of go around the room and highlight different things. But what's the first bold prediction for 2024 you want to talk about? First one I want to talk about is uh, towards the top, the augmented reality wearable VRs. Essentially, like you've kind of seen the e-commerce stores that have kind of been like 3D to where you can walk into them online per se. And I think the metaverse is going to continue to grow. I don't know in what capacity, but being able to walk into a, quote, physical store online and still get some of that experience, you can see other shoppers in the store. I, I don't see how that doesn't continue to expand. Do you think it goes as far as Sonny on our team, one of our media buyers, put this in here? Um, and his, his initial bold prediction was that virtual reality stores are going to make Shopify stores obsolete and a thing of the past, which was really bold. I thought that was a very bold prediction. Do you think it goes as far as, as is it something people play with or is it something that actually starts replacing a, a regular Shopify experience for some folks? As far as 2024 goes, I don't think Shopify is going anywhere. Into the future, I think if they don't adopt it, that is a possibility. So what you're saying is that Shopify has to help their merchants create an augmented virtual stores. A, a virtual sort of metaverse, which would would be freaking crazy awesome, by the way. If you could go into the metaverse. Who would they need to partner more with that to do that? I don't know. Is, is, the, is, meta? The, meta, is the meta Which they just did a big partnership with this year. So yeah. yeah. So they just did a big partnership with meta finally this year after being enemies for so long, right? Well, and like, think about it, right? You throw on your VR goggles and mm -hmm. you walk into a Shopify store and then Shopify automatically says, hey, here's some other stores that are local. So it's kind of like you're in a mall, but you just like walk in this one store and you're like, yo, small seller over here has another one. You can like go down there, maybe get yourself a virtual like, uh, you know, hot dog or something. I don't are you know. telling me I can get my mall pretzel? 
Oh, man. Your virtual mall pretzel. I don't think it's going to be that satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> that, but I mean, you know, what we're talking about would be, again, I think. Uh, is there a virtual Orange Julius stand in there, too? Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. Okay. Maybe they're just going to like, uh, like give you the sense, right? There's going to be like a, uh, an add-on to your VR goggles with sense so that you could just like pump out these things to give you the, the real yeah. life experience. I mean, as a child of the heyday of the mall era in oh, the yeah. 70s and the 80s, right? Yeah. Uh, 80s and early 90s. Yeah. The Orange Julius is always my call out there if I'm going to get the mall experience. Yep. I'm more of a Sparrow guy if you've ever heard Sparrow Pizza. Uh, but anyway, we digress. I, I, you know what? This is an interesting one for me because I, I do think how Shopify stores or just small merchants in general are able to um, adopt whatever the, the, the coming of yeah. this metaverse. I, I, I think we're, we're probably further out than 2024. Yeah, probably. But, but if I'm Shopify and I'm thinking this is something in the future that can become a big deal, who do I then go to partner with then? I mean, who would I in 2024, who would, in 2023, who would I have created my partnership with? It would have been meta at that point. Yeah. Right. So, and that's what they did. So that's an interesting thought to, are they kind of leaning into this is where they might need to go? And meta wants to get more use of these, uh, mm -hmm. of their headsets. Um, if you're going to partner with somebody to create virtual stores, that's probably the partner you try and team up with on it. So there, there may be kind of a longer, it, if they're going that direction, they teamed up with probably the most important strategic partner to get on board with on it. So um, that will be interesting. I mean, their big partnership was Amazon, they announced, but they've done a lot of things with Meta as well, trying to tie that together. Yeah. So um, that's pretty interesting there. Okay. Andy, what do you got for your first topic here? Um, I'm going to go with, ah, man, I'm going to go with sports ball. And I'm stealing, stealing this one. Uh, so NFL Black Friday game can be viewed in the metaverse, and I think I'm, it's, it, this is an interesting because, because it's kind of related to obviously the previous topic. It's there's going to be some fun fun stuff with this. I I want to extend Parker's and say that you can do all of your Black Friday shopping from the metaverse next year. Parker, thoughts? You just you just walk into the uh, stadium, you see the game. Which is connected to the mall, which is connected to the Sabaro. <laughs> and then you do your black. I could, we talked about this. I think it was last week. You were talking about how people were, you know, doing the Black Friday game uh, on Amazon, uh, the Amazon um, streaming service, right? So Amazon Video. Um, so I don't know. It's not. It, it's not that crazy, right? I mean, Amazon is going to have to, or is likely going to connect their streaming platform with their their online shopping platform. And if you can do it in the metaverse, let's 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 go there. You know that, and I had there's one later down that I had that wasn't going to be the first one I brought up, but it's relevant to this, so I'll, I'll cover it here. But let's do it. I thought so. One of my bold predictions that didn't really come true for 2023 was the rise of addressable TV. You know, TV that you could target directly yeah. people in it. Yeah, it was out there, and some folks used it, and it got used, but it wasn't a major impact. The major impact we all thought it would be. I don't think anybody's going away on that. I think you're going to continue to see Amazon, especially, push that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason it hasn't taken off is because it's hard to tie a re a conversion to it. Yeah. And so it's, it, it, you know, the promise was, Hey, people will watch these ads and you'll be able to tie conversions directly off them. And that never really happened. And it became uh, more of an awareness building tool, just like regular, regular TV, TV, but you could target it tighter. Right. Yeah. So it didn't have quite the impact. I don't think that Amazon and others are giving up on that though. So what I think I would bet by this year, one of my bold predictions was by this year, 
they will streamline the purchase process on that. So during their NFL games, because this would be where it would break through, during their NFL games, a commercial will run advertising a product and the checkout stream will be so fast and so streamlined that you can just press a button and buy that without even leaving the commercial, without even leaving the broadcast, without missing any bit of the game. Yeah, and, uh, why, and why does the commercial that you see have to be the same as the commercial I see? Yeah, well, right? that's exactly what the addressable part is, right? right. So they, that ads would be targeted to you directly, to your household, and that you would you could buy right there off the screen yeah. without having to leave. Because right now the problem is you see the ad, but you still have to open up your phone and go search for it, and then yep. you're missing the game, and people just don't want to do that, right? But if you can do that where that happens right on screen, you're not, you're not, don't pick anything else up. And if you're like me, I use um, Amazon's boxes to do all our viewing at home. So we get all our services oh, yeah. through the Amazon uh, fire boxes, right? It'd be, so it knows who we are. Yeah. It'd be really easy for them to push an ad there and say, just press this button on your remote and you can buy, put this in your cart and it's, it's bought. Because um, we know you've been shopping for it. It'd be, that would probably be the highest value ads they could place there instead of, instead of, yeah. Instead of showing me the State Farm ad with Jake, the State Farm guy, for the hundredth time, yep. Um, if they showed me an ad for things that I was already shopping for, especially during that Black Friday game, because there's a lot of stuff that I've been shopping for for family and everything there, um, that's probably the highest return value you could get on that ad spot. I'm betting. Yeah. You're watching the game now. Knock off some of the shopping you've been doing. Speaking of family, do you share your Amazon account with your family? No. <laughs> so I do. Andy, you do. I do. Yes. So I'm thinking about these personalized ads on the TV, right? You're watching the game with your family and you were doing some Black Friday shopping, kind of like delete your browser history. <laughs> oh, so it's going to yeah. archive that order and it's going to say, oh, hey, that thing, my kid wanted a switch for Christmas and it's going to say, hey, you already got the switch for Christmas. Here's the next game. Here's the next add on. Oh, so you're thinking it could be the great, the great Christmas gift spoiler. You know, it's is what this could be. It could ruin the whole experience, right? It's funny, Parker, that That's you mentioned. Where I'm going with this. <laughs> you mentioned that because um, uh, my wife and I share our Amazon account. It's all one Prime because I don't want I don't want to pay for Prime for multiple people, right? Um, so my Black Friday, the big was like, hey, you got a Black Friday deal? Oh, you know, click here basically on the app to see what it is. And you know what it was? It was boots for my wife. She had been shopping. I'm like, it, on one hand, I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I really don't have to do much. I just click on the button. I buy the boots. The size is right there. I'm not going to screw anything up, right? Because she's already done. done the shopping for me. But also, <laughs> like, it doesn't have anything to do with me. I mean, maybe it makes and my you life a deal. Easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Here's how, here's how nerdy my family gets about this. We have, we have a Discord. We have a family Discord. No way. And so oh. they'll shop for things and they'll start putting gift ideas in the Discord of, hey, here's what I, here's what I like. I, wow. I kind of like these things over here. Wow. That's um, next level at the McDougal yeah, house. Yeah. So there's, there's, yeah, if I, we found the best way to communicate with our kids is to have a Discord and communicate that way, hmm. rather than try and get them in the same room with us. Yeah, super difficult. <laughs> Teenage boys. Teenage boys. <laughs> yeah, we can get them out of the rooms. Yeah. We get them out of the rooms with us for one night a week on Saturdays where we have family <laughs> movie night. We've made that a declaration that they have to sit in the living room with us. Otherwise, oh, they're up in the room. Funny. So we can get them on Discord. We can get them, and they'll respond on Discord. So yeah, but we have everything, and they'll they'll go and find something on Amazon and link it. Um, and so that's that's how bad we are. Who sends the most gifts in your family? Who sends the most gifts or asks for the most gifts? GIF. Oh, gifts. Oh, I thought you were saying gifts. In, yeah, we are talking about gifts. <laughs> uh, my wife I, I actually. Know. My wife communicates heavily, heavily via gifts. Yes. Or GIF, if you're or, if you're that uh, persuasion. If you're <laughs> if you're GIF, you're wrong. But yeah. Um, but yeah, my wife is the heaviest user of those. Plus, my and my younger son Owen 
does lots and lots of gifts. Usually weird pictures of dogs. They all involve weird pictures of dogs. That's yeah, that's his sweet spot. So yeah. dogs that look like loaves of bread, here. he's all over it. <laughs> Our last distraction here before getting back on track is, I don't know if I say the word differently of gif or gif. I guess that one I tried to put a little more tea on it, but I can see where that came from. Okay, uh, we need more predictions. <laughs> where, okay. are you, where are you going, Park? I think, Tim, Tim, you... I'm up next here. Uh, mine is, I think that the... Um, I think as a result of the antitrust lawsuit with Amazon, that we're going to see uh, price control of the buy box go away, meaning that um, if Amazon can find your product for less elsewhere on the web, they're not going to be allowed to take away the buy box around that. Because that's the... In looking through the transcript so far of some of the trial stuff and the headlines from the trial, um, that's one of the areas that's getting focused on the most is you're using that buy box to control pricing. That's de facto price control. That's not allowed by a retailer to do. Sellers can sell for what they want to. And um, I think we're going to see that. I think that's the most obvious result of this antitrust case that we're going to see. Um, the other one and that's a big, that's a huge, that would be a huge celebration for a lot of sellers. I know we've had many swear words done over client calls over Amazon controlling the buy box. And, you know, somebody, Walmart drops the price by a penny and all of a sudden you lose the buy box on Amazon and your sales plummet. We've seen that a lot. Um, I think the other thing that's going to come out of this, and we mentioned this a little earlier, we've already seen Amazon do it. So it's not really a bold prediction. It's start to exit private label products. So Amazon's own private label brands, and they exited a bunch of them earlier this year already would you would you be so bold to say that they are make plans to exit all private label by the end of 2024 i think they're going to keep amazon basics because they can make the case that everybody needs cheap um commodity type products like amazon basics provides i think everything else my prediction would be everything else eventually goes away though but they keep basics um but the basics will be lower end products it's not going to be the higher end stuff so Computer cables, yeah, scissors, you know. But can't they get that from other like that. other providers who aren't also the marketplace? Yes, people can. Um, so I think I just think it's the last one to go away because I think Amazon yeah. uses those as a low price lure to get people into the store. Yeah, and they can create the case they're not super profitable on them. They're just doing it as a service to users to get a yeah get something. So, um, and those are those are also products where if you're a seller some of the lower end products are hard to sell and make profit on because they're yes. just priced too low and fulfillment costs and everything else. So I think Amazon might have a case to keep that. I think everything else they're, they've dropped a lot, a, a lot. I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's like half, but they've dropped over, I think around half of their private label lines already they're exiting. So you think the batteries are staying? I think batteries will stay. I think, that, I think that falls in like the commodity. Like one's not very different from the other. If you want a cheap battery, they're going to do it. Um, the funny thing about that is, though, is all the reports on brick and mortar retail are talking about how private label at brick and mortar is is exploding right now. Really? Um, so Kroger and you know all those like they're investing more and more in private label and going more and more like the share of shelf to private label that they own is getting higher and higher. So as Amazon exits to try and fight off this antitrust, you know, in the rest of the retail world, you're seeing a lot more private label happening. You know, what's funny is that. Uh, Back in the day, it used to be like, you know, our grocery store is Hy-Vee here in the Midwest. The Hy-Vee branded stuff didn't look that great, and it was branded Hy-Vee. Yes. Now, Hy-Vee has uh, sort of, I don't know, just premium, 
premium products, and yeah. I couldn't even tell you that they were. They've actually had some branded. of design brands, right? Design yes. real brands that look like real packages. Target, I know, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that. So that's it's really interesting how the trajectory of both of those because oh, we had I had some conversations a while back with one of the Kroger private label um, heads. Yeah. And yeah, they talked and they were doing a lot of like natural, all organic products and creating the, and just how their process was for creating. It was just like you do at a, at a regular brand company, right? You mm-hmm. consumer research, create these brands. Where's the niche in the market? Where can we produce it? And they were as sophisticated about it as anybody. And yeah, and high and our local high V, right? Which, mm-hmm. which if you go back 10 or 15 years, probably had the, you know, the white can with the black letters saying light beer on mm-hmm. it. And stuff like that. It's gotten much more sophisticated than that. Maybe twenty. That was the joke when I was a kid. You go in the store, you'd see in the jewel food beer. stores in Chicago, it would oh, be just yeah. white can, yep. black block letters, beer. <laughs> and then when they had light beer, five percent AB, five percent ABV, four four percent, four percent, five percent. Got you're an ale if you're five percent. Oh, oh, gotcha, so, gotcha. Rules, you know, there's some rules around this stuff. <laughs> All right, Parker, where are you going next? Hmm. Jumping back to Black Friday things, and we kind of covered this a little bit in the last episode, but talking through the uh, side effects of overexposure to just being like, how long does Black Friday last in the future? Like, is it the holiday month of November? Do we just run deals all November and December? And do you even throw October in there, right? Because uh, to take myself for an example, I did all of my holiday shopping during the Black Friday deals. Like I just did it and I was done. And I mean, you're seeing the people like Walmart to compete with Amazon is launching earlier and staying open later. And are you trying to make me feel bad, like, Parker? Right? Is that what you're doing right here? <laughs> no, 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 no. Habitually late and shopper. Tim hasn't bought a single present yet. I you, guarantee you got it. Plenty of time. <laughs> you got plenty of time. We got We got a single day shipping, two day shipping. Uh, but it's like, do I even buy things in the first half of the year or do I just wait for them to go on sale in the second half? Yeah, because we know the sales are still coming. The sales aren't done after Black Friday. There's People are going to go clearance pricing when it, get, when it gets close to. So, Are we seeing that this year across? Are we seeing more? I, I know we've talked about price deflation on e-commerce before. So we're seeing products for sale online at l- lower prices this year than we have. Because what did you say? It's like, Yes, we've seen like 16 or 17 straight months of year-over-year average price declines on e-commerce. Yeah, A little the reverse in physical brick and mortar, right? But on e-commerce, we've seen it go down. And that's because there's so many private label sellers and everybody else. And the price competition is so much more blunt because you can just look up all the other prices. Yeah. Um, So we think, we'll get into it later. I think that's going to reverse at some point in 2024. Yeah, it's got to. Um, And part of it's based on all this Amazon price squeeze stuff and cost squeeze that's going on. But um but do we are we but seeing more seeing discounting clearance more like clearance level pricing? Not I've seen yet. discounting, but I haven't. Usually, yeah. I've seen there's still a ton of discounts active if you're going on like Amazon mm-hmm. or to Shopify sites. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen I haven't seen a lot of the like super steep yet, but we usually see that like the last ten days before. Yeah. So you know, so the twelve twenty two is the last day you can buy stuff. Yeah. Um, and get it and hope to get it in time for Christmas. Usually around the 12th or 13th is when, you know, 10 days out is when I'd expect to see people just starting to slash prices and clear. Mm-hmm. And it, not on things that would sell year round, but on things that are really high peak for the holidays. And I expect, I mean, with some of our partners, we'll be doing some of that, right? But um, I expect we'll start seeing, 
you know, if you want to take the risk of waiting till late, there's going to be some good deals out there. Your selection might be limited, yeah, but there's going to be some deals out there too. And there were last year as well. Yeah. So Parker, you're feeling like 2024, uh, black Friday shopping just becomes, I think maybe it starts in October or maybe it's just, uh, I think you're going to see black Friday deals announced as black Friday deals in October. Next yeah, year. I think people are just going to stop monkeying around with it and just start saying we're going to start because they're all trying to push earlier than each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and Amazon even said their October Prime event was right. the kickoff of the holiday shopping season. They themed it as that this year, and it was more successful doing it that way. Yeah, and we've kind of seen steady deals since that. And they and they started doing, they started announcing Black Friday specific deals eleven days before Black Friday mm-hmm. on Amazon. Like here's your advanced Black Friday deal. I think we see things titled Black Friday deals in October next year. I think it just keeps on moving up. It's an arms race. Everybody wants to go earlier to escape the scrum. Yeah. And you're just entering a new scrum with discounting. So Parker, you're thinking like sales just drop off in November or what do do you got on that? So I'm kind of interested to see how this December shakes out because I feel like everyone, every account that I'm on had a big November and December is holding par so far. Uh, I feel like November was obviously impacted of some of the deals that we were running then, but, but I'll be interested to see how it shakes out. And, uh, if this just kind of defines the way that it goes from here on out and kind of shapes, shapes, new seasonal peaks and valleys and all those things. Um, yeah, uh, I am interested to get y'all's bold take on what year will be the first year that the pumpkin spice latte <laughs> launches during 4th of July. Because yep. it's ev- it's earlier every year, right? Mm-hmm. And in some areas, it starts getting cold in July. And who knows with the weather, right? <laughs> I'm good to move on. <laughs> I'm just going to let you roll there as long oh, as you wanted, Parker. God, the pumpkin spice latte. Well, that's a great segue into... It's not a great segue, but uh, I'll go next on... Uh, I think, Tim, you titled this as The Empire Strikes Back. Is yes. This, that, that had to that's, be that's, that's the note I put in there on uh, this, yeah is that Amazon attacks rogue slash black hat sellers with prejudice and makes significant progress cleaning up the unwanted sellers that we all hate. These are the sort of the barnacle uh, folks. Just use the words you have in the notes here, Andy. I don't want to call them bastards. We're on a podcast. You just did. The kids were listening. It's too late. There's kids. Too late. Uh, so anyway, my... So... Part of what we're seeing, and t- Tim, you previewed this. By the way, if you're a kid out there listening to this podcast, please call us. We have an internship we yes. can get you into if you're that much into e-commerce that you're yep. actually listening to this. But yep. go ahead. Uh, so the uh, you hinted this we, with the inventory changes. So obviously there used to be the, uh, the way that Amazon is changing their inventory policy um, and how they charge people and everything like that. It's the lower one on the lower end that's being introduced in next year to me is the first step of Amazon basically trying to get rid of the basically the the black hat sellers, the people that are um, the flippers. I think I think you talked about last week, Tim, the Amazon aggregators uh, seeing a decline in those. And I think the Amazon's policies are really just trying to trying to curb the 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 people who aren't legit businesses and legit manufacturers. Yeah, the aggregators aren't black hat, though, by the way, those are the ones right. who are just buying up legit Amazon brands and saying, if we bring them all together, we can get efficiencies and we can make more uh, money yep. out of these, right? Yep. Um, but those, on that. that model didn't really work to go back to that of, of they bought up all these smaller brands, thought they'd aggregate them and there really weren't any savings to be had. And those smaller brands each take some expertise to run and by buying them all up, they lost some of that expertise. So that's, 
that's a business model that venture that was a hot venture model for a while. Yeah. And venture funding for that has dried up over the last year. Nobody, nobody will buy any more of those. Nobody put any more money into those because they're, uh, they're struggling. Yeah. We got called cause we have our own private brands that we've developed and put on Amazon. And I didn't think they were really serious offers. They were looking to, you know, you're looking to get out was more of the, yeah, was more of the offer and you're looking to give it away for pennies. And it's like, no, it's not a huge business for us, but I don't want to give away for pennies. Yeah. Um, yep. But they, um, yeah, that's the model that's struggling on that. Yeah. And I, then, so I'm thinking of something else and I'm thinking of like, it's just like the person that can get inventory via, you know, uh, they're, they've got the Amazon app out on their phone and they're buying, you know, discount items from the local store or whatever and reselling that kind of stuff. Um, so again, I think the goal, and we've talked about this before, you know, before is that Amazon wants legitimate quality manufacturing, you know, high, you know, products, legitimate sellers and all things like that. And so anybody that isn't actually, I would say adding value to the system, they're just adding, you know, more noise. The, those are the folks that, I, I refer to them as the bastards because they're they're finding inventory somewhere. They're flipping it up on Amazon. They're they're that's how our costs. partners refer to them. Yeah. yeah, that's the most polite language they use about some yeah. of those. But yeah, you know those. I, I would love it if those guys go away. And so that's my bold prediction for 2024 is that Amazon attacks them with prejudice. Well, your bold prediction for 2023, your boldest one was that Amazon was not going to f us over on inventory in 2023, and they really didn't. So hopefully, Andy, this is this is. Just I mean, as wild a swing, and it also, yeah. yeah, it also comes back as some truth to it. Um, I appreciate you bringing that up, Tim, because I, I'm, I'm intentionally not bringing it up because it'd be like humble bragging. But anyway, I appreciate you bringing that that I was right one time. Like humble bragging <laughs> never happens on this podcast, anyways. Here's my trophy room. Yes. <laughs> Yo, sticking me, with Amazon. Sticking with Amazon. Um, one of my bold predictions for next year. One thing that I would like to see, or just be interested to see how it happens. Sticking with Amazon here is they come out with their own white label like education system, like a program to teach people how to launch on their site so that people out in the wild don't need to refer to all these gurus, all the people on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok of, here, you just start an Amazon account and make a million dollars. All these guru scam artists, yeah, that don't... That that would be epic if those guys, big ego, no ability, just sell and it'd be like, hey, see you guys. We're getting it from Amazon. That I was wondering where you're going on the notes. I was going to ask. So when you said Amazon white label, but you're going through an education program is what you're saying. On- Amazon says, here's how you sell on our store. And they're, they've essentially got a lot of information out there right now. I don't think it's refined to a way that they would want it or we would want it, but I could see that launching. Yeah. What they have on there right now, there's a lot of guides on different things, but it's when it gets to actually how to sell stuff, they get very generic and bland. Uh, and it's not so helpful. It's more, you know, Watch your bids on, make sure your bids are max. It's kind of generic feeling stuff. They could get much more specific and give much better guidance. Set your bids and budgets to a hundred. <laughs> so Thanks, I'm going to jump in with one then. Um, good. That makes, I, I'd love to see that happen, Parker. I, I'm going to put one in here that Rachel wanted to make sure we included. And that's because I almost have the opposite of it as my prediction. So I want to cover them both. Rachel's is the decline of influencers. And her take is that, if everyone's an influencer, really nobody is. And there's a lot of kind of phony influencers out there that don't drive a lot of traffic that the market's feeling saturated. And, um, there's a lot of wannabes and smaller guys and all going to drop off. Not that the big ones are going away. The big ones are there to stay, but 
there's a lot of uh, smaller ones that don't really have much impact. Um, and my take, which isn't the opposite of what Rachel said, but my take on that was that uh, I'm one of my bold predictions is Amazon becomes the king of all influencers or the center of the influencer market with all these new tools they're launching to make it easier as an affiliate. Like if you're a publisher just doing best of lists or reviews or an, or an influencer or a content creator, making it a lot easier to find products to move on Amazon and get credit for them than they ever have before. I think their programs this year have been modestly successful, but not runaway hits. But I think they're going to keep going after this because I think they need to find ways to keep getting reach outside of their own platform. Yeah. And they're going to invest heavily in anything that helps them get reach outside of Amazon. So, so are you thinking that uh, Amazon is playing chess and while well, everybody else is playing checkers when they said that they were going to pay their, their affiliates like 17 cents for every, you know, thousand dollars of sales? You remember the, the there oh. was, what was it? It was like the, some ridiculous offer of like, hey, come to the Amazon. No, I don't think they were playing chess when everybody, I think they, they were, just, I think they were, they were playing shoots and ladders and everybody else was playing <laughs> chess when they did that. I think that was, that was like a dumb thing to do. Cause the remind us, it was, it was something like, oh, that we want, we want to bring in influencers to our platform and we'll pay you. It was like something mm-hmm. like 10 cents on the dollar that they could get on any other platform. Yeah, um, and they were playing. They were paying tiny. It's like, yeah, yes, we'll pay you twenty five dollars for video, and they're like, we get an average of five hundred bucks a video, guys. Like, yes. what are you, what are you saying? Like, yes. and Amazon. The laugh then was, and that was earlier in the year, right? Amazon was like, great news, content creators. We'll pay you That's up to twenty five dollars a video for videos about content, and they all just said it's a total waste of time. Like, that. Why would I do that? I'm getting, you know, nothing right now. My calendar's filled with five hundred to a thousand dollars per video that I do. So why, you know, like, this is, and it was just Amazon being like the the Steve Buscemi, um, yes. hey, young kids kind of thing, the totally out of touch, big company. Yep. Um, that was what the laughs were most about. Since then, though, um, they've changed quite a bit because they created APIs where, where companies could link affiliates to sellers where they get paid a lot better percentage, um, you know, like 20% commission and up is what that thing works on right now. Um, and that's a much better model than what they did of $25 a video, um, which, which nobody really nobody really got excited about. So yeah, I think, th- I think they were, they were, have you ever done like the fans? This is a family gathering time of year. Do you, left, right, center is a game oh, yeah. that allowed, yeah, which absolutely random game. There's no strategy, right? Right. But it's good for the family, especially after families had some drinks or whatever else and is settling <laughs> down after Thanksgiving meal, right? Let's, let's play the game that has no brain cells. I think Amazon was playing left, right, center <laughs> That's what they were earlier playing. in the year. Okay. And I think they've evolved to a, a poker actually, game now. Yeah. Okay. It's a little bit more advanced. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see. I mean, it, it it's definitely an interesting. I think you're 100 percent right on the extend Amazon extending their reach outside of their platform, and they don't, and that is independent maybe of uh, the other major players, right? Going out yeah. of, away from Facebook, away from Twitter, uh, Instagram, that kind of stuff. So, because well, I think one of the big trends we're going to see, um, I'm jumping, I'm I'm jumping spots here for a second, but I think the whole squeeze. We're going to hear a lot of complaints about Amazon squeezing profits. Um, and that's, I put it under out to my margins, right? So I put it under here, right? But we're going to see because of all these rising fulfillment costs and everything um, and Amazon having all these extra charges on there and cost of making products is going up. I think that's part of where I was getting to. I think we're going to see that start to reverse. Oh, the other big rising cost is the cost of Amazon PPC is going up mm-hmm. and it's harder to keep the same percentage as you were. And I think that's, that's part of why Amazon's looking outside. Mm-hmm. of Amazon looking to like buying the NFL. So there's extra places to reach. So there's extra places for people to advertise that aren't 
only on the platform because if they can only advertise on the platform, I think the future says that because their advertising revenues have grown much faster than sales on the site have grown. And you're going to eventually see advertising costs get to be such a high percentage of goods if that continues that it's not worth it to advertise on Amazon anymore. And that's a really bad place for Amazon to be. I think what they're looking for is, okay, what are the other places we can give advertisers to spend money so we can have some of the money go there and not drive up costs of PPC on the site? They're, their bigger threat right now is that PPC on Amazon gets too expensive. Yeah. Um, where, where in past years it was, no, we need you to spend on here. We want you to spend on Amazon as a platform and not on Facebook and everything else. Now I think the threat is the reversed of we can't have PPC market bid prices go so high that it doesn't make sense to be here anymore, which, yeah. is, which is, I think, the closer threat right now. And that's, I was just thinking the same thing as we're seeing these inventory costs and rising CPC. I, I almost made the bold prediction that Amazon's uh, like traffic and sales show the first decline because sellers have abandoned the platform because uh, you know we already people that even three, four years ago when Amazon didn't have the same fulfillment you know, fees and things that it has now and, and increases, people are saying, well, Amazon eats all my margin. And it's a kind of a common misnomer that we, you know, we obviously help a lot of our partners through. But um, even now, even more, the fees are more complicated. The PPC is more expensive. Yeah. It's it's a lot tougher to make a buck on Amazon today than it was, you know, three five years ago. And with that, I think the less sophisticated set- sellers are just going to say, you know what, I, this isn't. We're I'm, we're, I'm we're going to walk. Right? Yep, I'm going to step away. Um, but I I don't know if it's 2024 is the year for that. But it, I think you'll see some of that. I, that's where we help a lot of times too. Is what because right. and Parker and I especially have been with some of our partners really working through those particular issues this year. Um, but but I think you're going to see um, you're going to have to be more sophisticated about your profit model on it. I, that's also why I think prices are going to start to go up because I think yeah. with there's some they can't keep going down and it's been 16 or 17 months right now consecutive months where everything is down versus same year ago. I think we're going to see that start to reverse. And there's and I don't want to confuse this with some some uh, Twitter posts that have gotten tons of attention in, among e-commerce recently, which is. Hey, this is my this is my business model in 2021. Now is my business today, and they show selling the same amount of product, right? Um, or selling the same top line revenue, but then Amazon costs are higher throughout there. But what they hide in there, what they what is in those charts they show and they don't mention is their cost of goods is a lot higher too. It's like, wait, your cost of goods has gone up, and their units their units have gone up, but their total revenue is down. It's like, so you're selling for less than you sold for two years ago. Your cost of goods have gone up. Your advertising fulfillment costs have gone up too. And you're complaining it's Amazon's fault. It's like, really, there's a top line price game that has to be played there as well. Mm. And, you know, there is inflation. There is increases in cost. Amazon's defense is going to be, hey, we're raising our prices a lot less than the rest of the fulfillment world. You're right. And I don't know if that's 100% correct, but it's not, it's not out of bounds for them to say that. They're still cheaper than anybody else to fulfill. Um, I still don't want them to raise any prices, and I'm still going to complain about it. But yeah. Um, but that's going to be Amazon's defense is like, hey, fuel prices are up. You know, packaging costs are up. Everything is up. We have to raise some of these. And prices you can't keep as sellers keep dec- decreasing your price to consumer and expect the model to hold. Yeah. And so, and, and, but it's a, it's a game of chicken, right? Who, nobody wants to be the first one to start moving prices up because then you lose all the sales to the guys who keep it down. And so I, I think there's a, a threat of a race, a greater race to the bottom than already exists in some highly competitive categories. I think you're going to see more and more risk of that. Interesting. Parker, bring us home. What do we got? 
the fees are too damn high. <laughs> <laughs> Last piece I want to touch on, just getting into, we didn't spend too much time on it on this one, but getting into AI. And I really think like 360 images, like you've seen how those have impacted like Google My Businesses, being able to just like walk into a restaurant from your home, kind of in the same realm as the metaverse, but you know, like a, more of a light version. Yeah, I think Amazon's going to keep helping to provide 360 images of products. They're launching offer. a tool they announced. They're going to launch a tool in 2024 that you can use with your phone and get, they're going to give directions on how to use it, but you can create a 3D model. Mm-hmm. You're saying it's no longer 3D images, it's 3D models is what they need. I'm not sure I know the difference, but that's they were they put in an announcement saying that. Mm. But you can create a 3D model of your product with your phone because they want to make they want 3D models, but they know they need to make it easier on sellers to provide it. So that's I'm looking forward to seeing what that tool is. But Parker, your whole right. point getting back to is this all the AI image tools and everything that are out there right now, we'll be using those a lot more. Everybody selling is going to be using those a lot more, is what I would expect. For sure, for sure. You know, the majority of our members on our team now have used the uh, image generator for ads, and that just makes it easy. I don't even have to hop into Canva, uh, you know, assuming it's not silly and throwing right. interesting characters in Extra your uh, ears. photos. Yeah. yeah. Feet, feet at the end of your arms. <laughs> yep. That's my favorite. <laughs> Next year, 2024 thing. Can, can I share something? So when I read our notes today, Sony, uh, Sonny put in here the augmented reality wearables, and and in my head I was like, what are we like? What are people putting on that like uh, allows you to like try on like clothes or something like that? Because that's what I thought. I thought he was like the the wearables for augmented reality, like was was like a shirt or something like that, so that you could actually go into the store, whatever like vest that you put on like fits the way that the vest. So in you're the, talking it, about your Roblox character, yes, so you can walk in like, and put. No, like, but they have right now, about? Really, there's actually really, with some major retailers, and it's moving in more into Amazon of like, okay, I want to see this on me. Take a picture yes. of yourself. Yes. They tell you how to pose. They tell you how to stand, take a picture of your phone of yourself, and then it'll show those clothes on you. And it's pretty cool. It's mainly in women's fashion, not in men's. Uh, right. Men are stupid and don't care <laughs> about what they wear, right? But You uh, saw Adobe's dress that changed patterns? Yes. With the click oh, of a button? yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly yes. that. Yeah, I think, and they're really working. It's going to be heavily in apparel um, because that's where all the return costs are, and that's how, that's why it's hard to make money online in apparel because you spend so much money processing returns and everything else. I think a lot of the first uses apparel is going to be the most interesting category because a lot of the first uses are going to come in there, mm-hmm. and that's and there's a direct financial benefit if if I can reduce returns. It's worth investing in these kind of tools, um, and I think you're going to see a lot of. But we also saw the. Hey, I'm buying a toaster. I want to. I want to see what it looks like in my kitchen, mm-hmm. right? So take a picture of your kitchen counter, and we're going to show that toaster or this mixer or whatever else in there. They launched that this year too. So that, and then the meta tools. So that's what we're doing again in two weeks. We're kind of doing a roundup of all these tools in the current state they exist in because they don't, they don't do everything they promise, and they stick feet on the ends of arms and stuff like that still. <laughs> but, um, but just the current tools that are out there because it's it, it's improving almost. It feels like every month we're seeing them pretty big improvements on these things right now yeah yep 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 well tim anything else on your i mean we, we've gone over a lot we're we've gone over a lot um we do want to mention we had a lot of things about uh x the platform formerly known as twitter but a lot of comments about do they go bankrupt do they rebrand as twitter which i think that would be funny. funny um do they just cease to exist um do advertisers choose to f themselves probably not and they probably stay away I mean, um, they're not spending much money. E-commerce, at least, aren't, isn't spending much money on their 
at least the advertisers there. It's really more like you've said, Tim, about it's more about the community. It's like what happens to the e-commerce. Yeah, that's how I mean, folks, advertising um, was only like Twitter was only like 2% or less of the advertising spend um, ever. So I think it was like 1.6. So it's not from an ad standpoint. It's not the biggest deal from a community standpoint and a affiliates and influencer standpoint is a bigger deal. Um, I, I, there's one I wanted to throw in there because I think we're going to see Amazon Prime Video start to make a lot more noise and they already have, but I think, I think you're going to start hearing them talk about being the number one sports network within the next couple of years hmm. and kind of taking the place of where ESPN currently sits in the landscape on that. And at the rate they've been buying up properties and at ESPN's financial troubles right now, um, Amazon can monetize those things a lot better than ESPN can at the moment. So I, I think you're going to see my bold prediction was that somewhere in this year, you're going to start hearing Amazon talk about their plans to become in the near future, the number one sports network. Wow. I think that's a good one to good one to close on. Do we miss anything? Do we miss anything big? We missed a lot, but there's, but a lot of it we can, we can walk away from for right now. Um, yeah. We're going to close on that. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Um, let's talk about, we got next week we got coming up. The Amazon shipping. Yep. Sexy topic, Amazon shipping and fulfillment. But to be honest, the topic that everybody is super emotional about and wrapped up around right now is the changes in 2024 to Amazon fulfillment and shipping and how it's going to impact your ability to make money on Amazon. So we'll cover what exactly is happening and what we think the real impact was. We'll try and take some of the the online emotion that's in there right now out of it and try and look at it a little more objectively. so we can be a little Sneak more helpful in some of the conversations that are going on right now. Absolutely. Well, uh, thanks, Parker, Tim. Shelby. Producer Shelby, thank you so much for sitting in and helping us out with this, getting everything set up. We appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you, the listener, and we will catch you again next time. <laughs>